Hello everybody, this is FPL Teacher once again, bringing you Spurs for Southampton 1. In this episode, I will dissect how Spurs outclassed Southampton in their areas of advantage, particularly up front against Southampton's three centre-backs, their wide areas, as well as their underrated deep-lying playmakers. Now, I will also touch on Southampton a little bit in terms of their areas of potential improvement, especially if they dip into the transfer market in the last final stages of the transfer window. I'd like to begin this Spurs segment by commending Spurs' all-rounded ability not to rely on Son and Kane to make a difference. The fact that Spurs could recognise that Southampton had an awkward winger playing as a wing-back meant that Kulisevsky had a field day against Mohamed Salisu 1v1 in that left centre-back position. And this got exasperated by the fact that Emerson Royale made all sorts of runs just to double up against this centre-back and Gennepo as a wing-back didn't help out. Now, in the second half itself, even the likes of Bentacore joined the party from the back and the likes of Sun benefited as well as Sassignon for his goal. In the end, Spurs did enough to get over the line, and when it was 3-1, they capitalised on the fact that Southampton basically lost their heads, which is typical of what we expect from Southampton anyway. A word on the FPL relevance of Son and Kane, who basically maintained their orthodox Roma roles in their respective zones. Son, in the opening stages, drifted from flank to flank, attempting to link up with the likes of Sessegnon on the left, as well as Kulusevsky on the right. Ultimately, did not find any success until the second half, where Spurs were basically more direct from the back. As for Kane, him dropping into the centre circle in order to free the likes of Kulusevsky and Son isn't new. But his impact was diminished in this game because he set himself in the number 9 position in the opening stages of the game. And it wasn't until Spurs went 2-1 up that Kane really came to life in the second half and released a lot of Spurs counter-attacks. As for the man of the hour, Dejan Kulusevski, who came away with a goal and an assist in this game, it's highly likely that he retains his spot over Richarlison when he becomes available, simply because Kulusevski has improved so much between last season and this. From being adrift in Spurs' build-up play, now to being extremely prominent in open play as well as on the counter-attack, there's this underrated skill of his that wasn't seen before, where he was previously forced to go down the byline and put outswingers for the likes of Kane in the box. And now, this new inswinger that we saw that found Sessegnon in the box. Whew. By the time Carl Walker-Peters reacted, the ball was already like three yards ahead of him. And you can see in the replay where the moment the ball hit Sessegnon's head, Carl Walker-Peters was halfway down to the floor because he was just stretching so much in vain to reach that cross. All in all, the most encouraging thing about Spurs is that they had the mentality to aggressively take the lead even though they were 2-1 up when they had every right to shut up shop. And they had just so many avenues of doing it. Son, Kane, Kulusevsky, even the wingbacks. So really, the size of the pie for Spurs is relatively large this season and I can foresee many of us doubling and tripling on Spurs basically after the Chelsea game. Southampton, who started a myriad of new faces, ultimately resulting in a failed experiment, showed us that 
Some of their senior players, when starting in their best positions, have a lot of potential. Carl Walker-Peters in particular, on the right flank, was free of all defensive responsibility. Unfortunately, he was backed up by Jan Valery, who was not at all comfortable at Ryan's centre-back, ultimately hooked for Jack Stephens at half-time. On the left, Janepo, as mentioned earlier, was playing wing-back, and his attacking potential was there as he assisted what Prowse's opener. He was flanked by Salisu, who was unusually passive, simply because Southampton were up against three strikers instead of two, while his central midfield partner, Oriel Romeo, was not at all comfortable as central mid as well. It was similar, it had the same vibes as N'Golo Kante being forced into attacking midfield. And what happened was that it became better in the second half with the introduction of Stuart Armstrong instead of Adam Armstrong up front. But ultimately, when Janepo was hooked for Romain Perrault, they had so much more balance in attack. The strike partnership of Armstrong and Aribo came to nothing in the end simply because, despite outnumbering Spurs in central midfield 3-2, Romeo and Ward-Prowse did not have enough passing quality in particular to the strikers in the final third. Take nothing away from those two, they had a lot of late runs made into the box and one of them resulted in Ward Prowse's goal. But it was not enough to chase the game, particularly when they were 2-1 down. Armstrong and Aribo both had a shot each and it came from long balls from the outside centre-backs and it would be a recurring theme throughout the match. So. This approach, of course, isn't sustainable and it's likely that we see a rejigged Southampton squad which looked a lot more refreshed, particularly when Adam Armstrong came on. Sorry, when Stuart Armstrong came on for Adam Armstrong in the second half because that shifted Southampton into a more cohesive front three with Stuart Armstrong linking midfield and attack. In conclusion, Spurs are good, water is wet. Kane and Son maintain their orthodox roles, but Kulusevsky's emergence as an all-rounder brought out the best in Royal as well as Sessegnon, while probably maintaining his spot in the squad ahead of Richarlison for now. Spurs have Southampton, sorry, have a lot of work to do in the final third, and that goes without saying, and the key to them unlocking their attacking potential lies in replacing their left central midfield position. This is FPL Teacher speaking and I will see you later in the day with Everton nil Chelsea 1.